A big thank you to all of those who gave a record, a record offering for She's for Christ. And I think uh, for every dollar that you give to global missions, it I think is it broke down five dollars or ten dollars reaches a soul, something of that nature. I don't know, but anyway, for it, it's not just a dollar amount. It literally represents sending a missionary to a place that you and I apparently are not volunteering to go, but they are still our brothers and our sisters, part of the family of God, and you may not know them, but one day you will know them. And you'll have a long time to introduce yourself. That's going to be the great part about heaven. All right. Is you'll have a you'll have a lot of time to introduce yourself. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> All right, we're going to uh, call your attention tonight to the book of Revelation. And uh, chapter 2, we're going to read three verses. Number 7, number 11, and number 17. Just to kind of get an idea here as to what our thought is. He that hath an ear. Have I got an ear? Right. Maybe you got two ears should be a little easier for you to hear. You got two of them. All right. Let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Now that gets a little bit more challenging, right? I mean, it's one thing to, to hear somebody, hear mom and dad or whoever when they talk at you. But it says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him, this is what it's saying, to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life. Does that sound good? Tree of life. Which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And verse number 11. He that hath an ear. Let him hear what the spirit saith unto the churches. Plural. He that overcometh. Shall not be hurt of the second death. And then verse number 17. He that hath an ear. Let him hear what the spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcomes will I give to eat of the hidden manna and will give him a white stone and in the stone a new name written which no man knows saving he that receiveth it. Now, there's a lot into that, right? But I just wanted to read these three. There's seven churches that, uh, that this message is the same. There, there are a couple of, of common things that is written to all seven churches. And so I would like to speak to you tonight on this thought, even the church of overcomers, or born again, thanks Brother Cook, you did a good job. Born again to be an overcomer. All right. Amen. Amen. That's and we'll get in. That's why you're born again. Amen. You're born again to be an overcomer. Okay? Now, we could have read this message to all seven churches. And the message varies a little bit depending on where they are at in their walk with God, in their relationship with God. But the same denominator here. The same message really applies to each and every one of them 
no matter what state that they are in. In other words, this message, as far as being an overcomer, it applies to every church, it applies to every age, it doesn't matter what city, what town, there are a couple of things here that are absolutely the same to every church, and that is we are born to be an overcomer, period. We're not the ones that get overcome, all right, by evil. We are here to overcome evil with good. That's our mission. We We are labors together with Jesus Christ. The Bible says... Or the song that somebody's saying says, "We're His hands, we're His arms, we're His feet." We are, we are the ambassadors of Christ. We are literally, okay. He gave us the keys to the kingdom of heaven. He says, "I'm going to build my church." He is the builder, but we are the laborers together. We're helping Him, and we are helping humanity by. Building a kingdom that is temporarily residence on earth, but one day, folks, listen, one day it's not going to be on earth. Young kid, this is this kind of, you know, it's a playground when you're a kid, right? When you're an adult, it's not a playground anymore, but this is not this is not the real deal. The real deal is yet to come. Amen. So, they're really, the the message, the Bible, in seven churches here, John is on the island of Patmos. Now, how he remembered to write everything down, I have no idea, right? God had to have a pretty good memory. But it says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcomes. That phrase those words are the same to all seven churches. Every, every church says, he that overcomes. Doesn't miss one. There, but there is another, there's another uh, uh, word, there's another area that uh, is only brought up, I think, four of the seven times, but it is so absolutely important in the message to the church and that is when he is trying to correct because he commends them for some things and then he corrects them and he recommends or tells them what they must do. But on, in four of those churches, he says, repent. We know that, right? I mean, that's like the, you know, that's like the startup that's the beginning stage, that's the foundation, that's for whatever whatever we do, whatever we do as a Christian, repentance is our foundation. It is more than just, you know, falling and getting back up and asking for, no, no. It's to transform. It's to overcome. It is to overcome the thing that caused you to fall in the first place. Because if we're not trying to overcome it, we don't understand the message. 
We are meant to be overcomers, okay? So it doesn't matter the city, the name of a local church. Every church of every age will always be challenged by the things that we read here in Revelation. Okay? Always going to be the same. John describes them as the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Okay? Oh, and then in our setting here tonight, it breaks them down a little bit further. And it talks about things that one church, he says, you know, you're doing a lot of things good. He says, but I got one thing against you. Which is what? You left your first love. He says, you're doing a lot of things right. But the first commandment and the greatest commandment of all is what? Yeah. And you understand, is it, he knows it. The Bible says God's a jealous God. Now, we look at that word and if we're not careful, we we uh, we misdefine it. If that's we define it incorrectly, because when the, when the Bible talks about God being a jealous God, what He means is He loves you so much that He is jealous over you, and He wants all of your love. Yeah, it means that He loves you so much. That he wants to spend, he he wants to spend all of his time with you. Wow. Amen. And then, of course, it could be, uh, you know, one, and I kind of paraphrase it here, compromising the truth or the one that really gets me, right? Luke, not Dr. Luke. But lukewarmness. That's not a good one, is it? No. So and and let me let me again now I think we all understand repentance, but I was reading here as of late and I the author brought out a uh, you know a, a definition of repentance that really really stuck with me. And it it brings it more in a positive way. And here's what he says. He says repentance is an act of remorse or wanting to overcome a flaw or a shortcoming. Okay? And interesting enough, you know where that word overcomer, you know where it comes from? comes from a Greek word. Guess what that Greek word is? Probably, most of you probably. comes from a Greek word called Nike. Try it. Comes from, I mean, we ought to assume for plagiarism, right? And here's what it means. In Greek mythology, Nike is the winged goddess of victory. The swoosh logo of Nike is meant to look like one of her wings or a wing of victory. It symbolizes 
the sound of speed, power, and motivation. I thought it was kind of interesting. Nike was started in 1970. There was a lot of good things happening in the 70s, well, early 70s. 70, 71, 72, just saying, 73. Huh? Well, Brother Ollie, we were both born in 1970. <laughs> right. Nike was started in 71. And the first top athlete to publicly display the new Nike name. By the way, Phil Knight didn't even, he didn't even like the logo. He didn't like the name, he didn't like, he didn't like the logo. Anyway, the first athlete to wear the swoosh at a major sports event was a local man by the name of Steve Prefontaine. How, how many of you remember him? Oh yeah. He was training for the Olympics and that, it was all about shoes. That company today is worth $116 billion. Build on a pair of shoes. But now listen, listen carefully, okay? The church has been in business, okay? We have been in business. You don't believe me? Read the Bible. Jesus said, occupy till I come, okay? Bible says that he delivered to his servants his goods. And he said, occupy till I come. And if you don't think that it's, an investment that he put into you or me, then you need to read the parable of the talents because he's looking for a return, a positive return on whatever he gives you. You're not to bury it in the sand, right? He's looking, that he is, he is requiring that you and I return a net gain on what he gives us. That's, that's not an exaggeration. That is biblically founded. So, overcomers. We are not those that that um, that get overcome we are the overcomers we're the ones we overcome evil with good evil does not overcome us and the church has been in business 2,000 years what kind of shape do you think the church is in today? Come on. Oh man, I'm talking about the church. Come on, amen. I'm not talking about everybody that proclaims to be the church, but I guarantee you today, the church, after 2,000 years, is in the best shape that it has ever been. All right, come on. I'm just. You think that Jesus would come and pay the price to begin this plan of redemption, the salvation of the souls of men? 
and allow it to digress? I don't think so. Okay, maybe y'all are, maybe you don't think that way. Come on, folks. You gotta believe, the church is 2,000 years old. We are the most powerful business that has ever been started. We are the most important business that's ever been started. This thing is built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. We are the espoused bride of Jesus Christ. We are going to be with him one day in eternity. Now, do you think he's going to allow his business to go down the drain? It's still too laid back for me. <laughs> Come on. Amen. You see, those churches, these seven churches, now, whether it's Nike, Starbucks, or Apple, or Honda, the successful company set the standard for perceived quality and compels the competition to up their game or turn off the lights. right now do you not think that God has his hand upon the apple of his eye today Amen. Come on. Right. do you really think that he does not have the future of his espoused bride that is going to live in eternity with him do you not think that you and I, if we are the church, that we are the most precious commodity in the universe. And we are looking at a letter that was written to the seven churches of Asia 2,000 years ago. Now, I'm going to ask you a very challenging question. You don't have to answer. I don't. I, I thought about maybe not asking this question, but I'm doing it to make a point here. Of these seven churches, tell me, how many are still open today? I'm just saying. What's your point? My point is this. You see, is that every church, no matter who starts, who builds, who plants the seed, Brother Daniel, whoever, all right? No matter who planted the seeds, it was up to the people that are the church to keep the lights on. We, you understand, unless the overcomer mind, spiritual mindset is not engraved into the heart of the next generation, one day somebody will walk out the door and they'll turn the lights off and that will be it. Not the church, but local assemblies. And so John was commanded to write to these folks and say, hey, listen, 
We're all in this together. These are the things that you need to be aware of constantly. Okay? So, we could say that the church has had 2,000 years to get it. <laughs> Listen. Do you, today, September 2, 2020, you realize all of history from Adam all through history is all rolled up into today. Every book that was ever written, every invention that was ever invented, every word that was ever spoken, every all of history is rolled up into today, which means that you and I, we ought to be the brightest, the smartest, the most intelligent, the most excited, the most everything. Why? Because we've got 2,000 years of history to get this thing inside of us and to ingest it and digest it and realize that, whoa, we have the, 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 the real deal. Come on, amen. Yeah, right. We got it. Amen. There, all of history in today. Amen. The church has a swoosh factor. All right. We do. Exodus 19, 3 and 4. I don't know if you can get that, Brother Cliff. Thank you for. I, we got to read this, okay? Listen, we're not built on mythology, okay? We're not built on mythology. If he doesn't get it real quick, does somebody have their Bible and can they read Exodus 19, 3 and 4? Anybody? Has he got it up there? Okay, here we go. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus thou shalt say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel. Okay? What do you want me to tell them, God? You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. We're not some mythology swoosh goddess that... No, 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 no. We... God said, no, you tell those people that I bore them on eagles' wings. I guess, right? Isn't that what it says? Isaiah 40, 28, 31. We know, we love this one, right? Have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he faints not, he is not weary, there is no searching of his understanding, he gives power to the faint, to those that have no might. He gives strength. The youth shall faint and be weary. The young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run, not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The church is to mount up with wings as eagles. Eagles fly above storms. 
they fly up to 10,000 feet. And then when they get up there, they can see up to one mile. And they don't have eyeballs this big to do it. And they have a wingspan of up to seven foot. That's a big bird. The writer says, hey, this is my church. You, you need to realize that you're, you're, you, you fly like an eagle. You have a wing. You fly like an eagle. The church, my church, it flies above the storms. And it can see things into the future that other people cannot see. Why? Because when you are spiritually elevated and you have the mind and the spirit of an overcomer, then you understand that this world that the world sees, that the world puts in print, it's, a, it's fake news. Come on. <laughs> it's not real. The real Amen. is from the spiritual eyesight of a person that is that has the mind of an overcomer that realizes that that we are spiritual eagles. Amen. We're way above. And we see things, man. Here a few years ago, Sister Kathleen and I, and I think we were with somebody, uh, I don't remember who it was, we went to the Andrew Jackson uh, Museum or whatever it was called, the historical thing. I love this guy. Listen, real quick, this kind of gives the, uh, it, it gives you the, uh, the, the spiritual fortitude of, of what we're talking about tonight. The seventh president of the United States, Andrew Jackson, He's quoted as saying, I was born for the storm. A calm does not suit me. Well, I suppose if, if you were him and at 13 you volunteered to fight in the American Revolution and he lost one brother on the battlefield, Andrew and his younger brother, 13, mind you, 13, they were captured, forced to march 45 miles to a POW camp. During this march, Andrew's younger brother died. Andrew contracted smallpox, was still forced to march barefoot through rain and mud. When he got there, his mother contracted cholera while serving as a nurse to the wounded soldiers and would also die during the war. And Andrew was 14 years old. What were you doing when you were 14? I know. I'm quite sure that they will erase that from the history books, right? Because, come on, really? Do we have any 13-year-olds here today? Come on, those two back there. Volunteer for the rebel. Listen, the Revolutionary War. You know what that was? That was our independence. That's the reason why that you are here today in this place Amen. called America. Uh -huh. yeah. 
He volunteered at 13. At 14, he was an orphan. And a British officer came in and said, Andrew, shine my boots. Andrew says, not happening. And the British officer hits him over the head with his saber, and he carries a scar for the rest of his life. An orphan at 14, he becomes president of the United States. I don't think they make him like that no more. Just saying. You see, the church's purpose is to overcome the world. John 16 and 33, Jesus saying, In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. All right. 1 John 5 4. Listen carefully. Whatsoever that is born of God. I didn't read it right, right? Whatsoever that is born of God. What? In other words, you see, Andrew Jackson says, hey, I was born for the storm. He says, the calm does not suit me. Jesus said, whatsoever is born. You know why you're born again? You're born again because Jesus wants you and I to realize and recognize that if you are going to be a part of His kingdom, that you are an overcomer made by being born again. Because Jesus said, I have overcome the world and I'm just saying that the Holy Ghost that I got, that I read about, that I receive, that I proclaim, it is the spirit of who? It's the spirit of the overcomer. All right, come on. It's the spirit of the overcomer. And if I'm reading correctly, he says, and, and the works that I do, what does he say? Greater. Greater works. And we're talking about overcoming evil with good. Okay? You see, the church has a swoosh we have power and we have motivation. Motivation is as quickly as possible to send this gospel out to a world that is under the influence of evil. And they are. You don't think so? Amen. Revelation 12, 11. The accuser of the brethren is cast down, the Bible says, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They overcame him. 1 John 2, 12, 14, 
The word of God abideth in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. The word of God. The word of God abides in us, then we overcome the wicked one by the word that Jesus spoke and is ever recorded in heaven. Nothing has ever disappeared. Jesus Christ the same. The same and and it doesn't change. His spirit okay, his spirit hasn't lost anything. His, he hasn't lost one molecule of his power. Not even one cell. Not even one neuron or proton or whatever it is. He's not, from the beginning, he's not lost a single cell. And if he loved the world enough to come and give his life on Calvary, how much more do you think that he is willing to give to you and I to overcome the world that we live in in order for him to be glorified on earth? We're made overcoming by... He says you're made overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by your testimony. What do you mean? It means your testimony. Your testimony is the most powerful thing that you have as an individual Christian. It is your testimony that stands before the crowd. It's your testimony that speaks loudly in the classroom, on the job, wherever it is you go, whatever business you go to. It's your testimony. Yeah. You are read. The Bible says you are a living epistle, read of all men. Every time you walk that, Brother Ali, every time you're driving that big old bus, people, they're reading you. You know why? It's because that you and I, we are still, I know it sounds crazy, right? But from what I can understand, we're still writing the book of Acts. It's not been closed yet. We're still writing it. We're writing and living the history of the church. It's your story. It's your testimony. It's what God has done in your life. It's what you have overcame in life to get to the place that you're at today. It's what you are still maybe challenged with, what you're still struggling with. Things that you don't think that you're ever going to get there. Let me assure you that if you really want to overcome something, you can overcome something. Because there is not a devil, there is not a power that is higher than the power of the name of Jesus or His blood or His word or His spirit that He puts inside of you. It's non-existent. Romans 12, 21, and overcome evil with good, verse says. Here's, here's how you overcome evil with good. 
Love with sincerity. It says without dissimulation. Hate evil. You gonna hate somebody? Hate evil. Hate evil and hold. I should answer this, Brother Ramirez, right? I should. I say, hey, Brother Ramirez, what's going on, man? But and I should because he's messing up my notes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my watch rings, my phone rings, my iPad rings. I'm connected. But hate evil. Hold on to that which is good. It says, don't be slothful in business. Just because we think and we believe, and I really believe that the rapture of the church could be knocking on the door, that means we have to be more vigilant than ever when it comes to business, whatever it is. When we go to the stores, we're the nice people. When they shortchange you, you're still the nice person. When you order a latte and they give you a coffee and you got to go back and trade it in, you still got to be the nice person. When they serve you your food that's burnt, you still got to be the nice person. If they put gluten in, then you shoot them. <laughs> then you pray that God will take care of them. <laughs> but it says, be diligent in business. Here we go. Fervent in spirit. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. All right, the character of a born-again overcomer. First love. Everybody said, you're doing a lot of things good, but I got someone. Why? Because you lost your first love. You left your first love. Whatever it is that we do in life, you will never be successful in your walk with God without always, 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 always keeping Him number one on your mountain. It's got to be that way. Amen. He does not accept second place. He doesn't. Why? Because He loves you too much. First love. Okay? Faithful in tribulation. Your tribulation may not be the same as other people's tribulation, right? Ephesus wasn't going through the same thing that Laodicea was going through, okay? And what Brother Mark's probably not going through the same thing Brother Jack's going through, so on and so forth. Your tribulation is your tribulation. I didn't sign... Listen... <laughs> Bear one another's burdens, but it also says bear your own burdens. In other words, you understand is that we can't live each other's lives. I, I don't know why God does what he does. That's between, that's him, right? But I do know this, that you are going to go through your own personal. You own it. You own your own Tribulations, trials, whatever you want, temptation, you own them. 
You can't give them away. You signed up for them. <laughs> you did. It, do you pray the will of God? How many of you pray the will of God? Then you sign up for them. That's true. Lord, I pray for your will to be done in my life today. Okay. Here it comes. Are you ready for it? Well, no, I don't want that. You signed up for it. Give it to Cliff. No, Cliff don't want it. He's got his own. Give it to the preacher. The preacher don't want it. <laughs> you know, we have our own. To you, it may be whatever, right? Young people, they don't have the same thing that we have, right? Life is good when you're 13. Until you go through the 13-year-old stuff. Yeah. Right? And then it's like, dude, I like 10. I liked when I was 10 better, you know? Or 11 or 12, but this 13 stuff is... I didn't sign up for that, man. I know. Wait till you get to be 50, like me. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> hey! I still have my swoosh factor. There you go. I'm, I'm, the, I'm eagles, man. Amen. Christianity. Listen, we're born again to be an overcomer. Christianity promotes the, the doing away of bad laws and the establishment of good. That's what we do. You got to vote in order to do that, by the way. The gospel breaks down walls of prejudice. Amen. We break them down. Come on. Yes. And hatred among nations and races. Overcomers, we break those things down. You know how you do that? By making friends with whomsoever. Amen. Hi. How are you? Good to see you. I don't, but I do. You know? Gary? Come on. The gospel breaks them down. It smashes them. It crumbles them, Sister Reyes. It knows no borders. There is no color difference. There is no racial animosity between us. There is none of that stuff. Why? Because we are overcomers. We don't get into that kind of stuff. That's world. That's evil stuff, man. You look upon somebody because they're a different race or something and you think bad that you judge them? That's problematic if you're an overcomer. Yeah. You need to be spiritually slapped a couple of times. I wouldn't do it. I'd let some of these younger I'd let Cooper do it. You'll bust you. Amen. But that's what we do. Listen, the gospel breaks down those walls. All men are sinners. And need the gospel. Amen. I don't care who they are. They all need the gospel. But that does not make them any less or any more valuable. We are all of the same value in the eyes of God. 
The church is a spiritual empire which stands today after 2,000 years. Our message is the same today. It's the same today as it was yesterday. It'll be the same tomorrow as long as you keep the lights on. Amen. Even the church of Laodicea, listen, the lukewarm church that makes him sick. Try it, I read it. I'm using the good vocabulary. Even the church that makes him sick, what does he do? He stands at the door and he knocks. That's what it says. He doesn't burn the house down. He stands on the outside and he knocks. He says, hey, let me in. Let me in. We'll fix things. We'll, fi we'll fix things. What does the overcomer look forward to? Book of Revelation. Again, you got to read the found in, uh, I think it's 21st chapter. To him that overcomes, I will grant to eat of the tree of life. I want that. Oh, yes. Right? I want to eat of that tree, man. To the overcomer, I will give some hidden manna. I don't know what that's all about. A white stone and a new name written on the stone, which no one knows between you and God. To the overcomer, clothed in white garments and will not erase his name from the book of life. He that overcomes shall inherit all things. I like this one. I will be his God. He shall be my son. Yes. And this is what we look forward to. God shall wipe away all tears. All tears. There will be no more death. There will be no more pain. There will be no more suffering. There will be no more darkness. There will be no more sin. Why? Because... God will ultimately turn the lights off on planet Earth and he will start brand new, brand new. Yeah. And the lights will never go out. And I don't know about you. I'm thankful. I am thankful to be an overcomer. I am thankful for that. I want to be that. He shall wipe away all tears. And, amen. And uh, this is my closing remark. Special thank you to Danica Long and Devin Long for being my grandkids. Somebody type that in there. True. I gotta watch, right? Because they they go in there. And Cooper's the Cooper's the most. Yep. I got who's calling me? I don't. All right, amen. Let's stand. We'll be dismissed. Come on. Really, really. If if ever there was a day. If ever there was a day that we need to have the mind of an overcomer, it's today. We don't receive. Evil does not overcome good. We overcome evil by good. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God.
All right, let's pray and be dismissed. And pray, come back Sunday, and we're going to have a great, great service. Amen. Praise God. Brother Sergeant, would you pray and dismiss us, please? Thank you, Lord, for this time together tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the word that you've given us through Brother Knowles tonight. Amen. We give you glory and praise. Lord, go with us as we each go our separate ways. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you.